welcome to the UNT BSM audio resources. If you want more information on the BSM, you can go to untbsm.com. Thanks for listening. We're going to be in uh, John 20 tonight, so if you've got a Bible or an app, turn there, and that's, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, some scriptures from there. Oh my gosh, I just know the Christmas tree out there. That is a true UNT Christmas tree. Wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> How very unique and creative. I would expect that from UNT. Right, right. Um, have, have you noticed how there's certain things that it seems like all parents say? Can you, you, I don't know, like, when, when the baby is born, if parents are all, all of a sudden given, like, the gift of parent talk or what. But have you noticed, like, Every parent seems to say the same phrases. Let me see if you, if you heard any of these phrases from your parents. You might just chime in if you recognize it. If all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you? Anybody heard that one? Yeah. Okay, what about this one? If you keep making that face, it'll freeze that way. Yeah, right. That's not true, but parents say it, right? Okay, as long as you're under my roof, you live by my rules. Oh, yeah, we heard that one, didn't we? Yeah, uh-huh. Um, shut the door. Were you born in a barn? This is one that my dad said all the time. Stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. Some of y'all heard that, right? Oh, yeah, y'all. Here's my, like, all-time parent, favorite parent saying, I think all parents say this, because I said so, that's why. And sometimes it's because I said so, I'm the parent. How many of you heard that one? Oh, yeah. I, I can still hear my mother's voice ringing in my ears um, when she would say that. Have you ever thought about what's really behind that phrase? Because I said so, that's why. Typically, as children, we react to you're not going to let me do something. But if we really think about it, it's really a loving phrase. Because I said so, that's why. It gives you that idea. There's no room for question or argument, right? Like when my mom said that, there was no arguing. And, and the reason, if you ever asked why, the answer was always because I'm the parent. That was a regular answer in my house. And that was enough reason. Now think about, if this is really a loving phrase, where does it come from? It comes from a parent who loves you enough that they don't want you to do something that won't be best for you. And the answer is, because I'm the parent, is saying, I've lived longer, I've had more experience, I know. And I'm, I'm, I'm imparting that knowledge to you. When I say no, or when I say, you, you must do this, whatever it was, because I said so, I'm the parent, it's actually a loving statement. The parent loves you enough to keep you from doing something harmful or to get you to do something that's good for you based on their experience and knowledge and wisdom and life. Because I said so becomes a good statement. And I think if you look in John 20, we have God's because I said so about why we go on mission. 
And John 20, 21 says this, As the Father has sent me, so send I you. Why do we go on mission? Because I said so. But the great thing is, many times in my life, my parents did not explain behind because I said so. But isn't it pretty amazing that, that God would say this? He gives us a lot of the behind that statement. It's the whole Bible. And we see that love he has for us and we see that wisdom he has for us. There's so much behind that statement. If we took just that, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. We're going to say, but, but I need more. And the great thing is, he's given us more over and over and over again. He tells us he loves us. He shows us he loves us. He prods us to do the thing that he knows is best for us. He, he calls us from doing the thing that will be harmful for us. So we can trust him that when he says this, it must be good for us. Now, I want us to look at it in context and to see what was going on when that statement was made. So I'm going to start reading in verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them, and he said to them, Peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet and sighed, then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now let me explain what's going on. Did you notice they're locked behind a door out of fear? And they had good reason to be fearful. They're in Jerusalem. Jesus has just been killed. They're known to have been with Jesus. They were his posse. And wouldn't you assume if they killed Jesus, they're going to kill us. This is not a safe place to be. And so they're hiding away in fear. And Jesus appears to them. I love the fact the very first thing he says to them is, Peace be with you. Calm down. It's okay. I'm here. And he knows them well. And he knows that he needs to make sure they understand and have proof that he is the risen Lord. Just as he had told them. He tells them exactly what's going to happen earlier in John. We're going to Jerusalem. I will be killed. I'll go to trial. I'll be beat. I'll be killed, I'll raise on the third day. He's told him that exactly. So what does he do? He shows him his hands and his feet and his side so there's no doubt. This is, Je this is the one that died on the cross. We know without a doubt. I, I know that's that this is Jesus. And you notice it says they were glad when they saw it was the Lord. They were so relieved. And then I love it. He says it to them again, peace be with you. I think he might have known that they needed to hear peace again before he tells them the next thing. And he says, as the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And let's look at that idea. I love the fact that he says, as the Father has sent me. There's a lot of names for God in the Bible. 
Jesus used different names for God. He could have called him king. He could have called him Yahweh. In this moment, he calls him father. And it's a picture of familiar, and it's a picture of intimacy. And it's the one that knows me well. Because isn't it true? I mean, your parents really know you. We can fake out a lot of other people, but you can't fake out your parents. And it's the Father, the one who knows me best, has sent me. And so he's saying, I, I came, the love of my Father was so great that he sent me to you. And I was sent. So he's already been sent. Think about it. Jesus knew what it was like to leave his family. He was with his family for 30 years, his earthly family. And at the age of 30, he begins his ministry, and he leaves his family. And at one point, like, they go, they think he's crazy, like loony. Because what he, the choices he made, this is crazy. What are, you, what are you doing? Some of you understand that. Your family may not understand. He knew what it was like to leave a job. He was a carpenter. He had a paying job. And when he begins his ministry, we see no evidence of an income. It was faith. And he, and he talked about not having a home or a place to lay your head. Jesus experienced that. He knew what it was like to give up a job, to go and do the thing that God had called him to. He knew what it was like to struggle with that decision. Go back and read the account of the Garden of Gethsemane. And he wrestles with, with God that night. He knows what's ahead. He'd already told the disciples exactly what is going to happen. He knew when he went to Jerusalem what would happen. And he wrestles with God all night long, sweat, blood, as he, he was at the cusp of, what will I decide? Will I decide to go through with this? God has sent me to earth for this very moment to die on the cross. Will I obey? He understands that struggle. And praise God, he said yes. So when he says, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. I am not asking you to do anything I have not done before. I am not asking you to give up job where I have not done that before. I am not asking you to leave family where I have not done that before. And think about it. None of us are asked to do what Jesus was called to do. Jesus was called to defeat evil and death, right? So no matter what he asked me to do, it's less than what he did. The one that sends you totally understands what he's asking of you. He's already been down that road. I find that a comfort to know that he understands. And then he says, even so, I am sending you. Now, in that room were the apostles and the other believers and other followers. Did you notice he didn't look at one person and say, I'm sending you, but not the rest of you. I'm just sending you. He, he gave that call, I am sending you. It was to the whole room. Everybody gathered there, all of the followers. It wasn't for some. 
And I think we often think, oh, it's for some. It's not for me. But that's not what we hear Jesus say. That's not what happened when the call was given. And then I love this. It's such a beautiful picture. And it says, he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. He didn't just call them to do something he'd already done and he understands. He actually gave them everything they were going to need in order to do what he asked them to do, the Holy Spirit. If we go back and we read in Acts, we understand the Holy Spirit was given so that they could be witnesses. And he breathes on them and he gives them everything they need. Again, is that not a comfort? And when we think, I don't know enough. I haven't memorized enough scriptures. I haven't been a Christian long enough. We have a long list of all the reasons why God can't use us. Isn't that like spitting in his face? And saying the Holy Spirit is not good enough? If we truly believe when you become a Christ follower and you believe when you begin that relationship that the Spirit comes to reside in you to say, I don't have enough, is saying the Spirit is not enough. Keith Green is a singer-songwriter from way back when. A lot of you have probably never heard of him. But he was also quite a prophet, if you will. And this is one of the things that he said. I don't want to see us stand before God on the judgment day and say, but God, I didn't hear you call me. You, didn't, you, you don't need to hear a call. You're already called. In fact, if you stay home and you don't go to the nations, you better be able to stand before God and say, you called me to stay home. I know that for a fact. And I do believe God calls some to stay home. Our assumption is he, he calls most to stay home and he calls some to go. If we go back and you continue to study the life of the disciples, you will discover only a few stayed in Jerusalem. The rest were scattered. The majority went someplace else and were a witness someplace else. I was talking to a BSM director this week, and we were talking about Go Now and um, missions in general. And this BSM director said, well, you know what my goal is? And I said, no, what's your goal? She said, it's 100%. My goal is that 100% of my students will go on mission at some point during their four years. Not some of them. She understands the scripture that all were sent, not some were sent. So if the calling is there, then how do we go about doing that? And that's where Go Now comes in. Our, our heart, our purpose, our role is to help you to live out the calling that we've already received. And so that's what Go Now is about. You've received love, so the love of God, so you have that chance now to share it with someone else. Why Go Now? Why this particular time in your life? Because you have more freedom right now as a college student than you will ever have again in your life because when you graduate and you get a job nobody's going to give you two months off 
the freedom that you have now, once you buy a house, it's going to be a little hard to say, well, maybe I'm not going to make that house payment for the next year because I'm going on mission. So the freedom you have, seize the freedom that you have now. Now, will some of you be called to go longer? I hope so. There is no greater blessing for a ministry than to see people sent out, that God would would know this ministry well enough to know that there are people here ready to be sent out. So how do you know where to go? Well, if you've ever been to Go Now Missionary, you've heard me say this, God calls you to people, not places. And when you look at the booklet in a little bit, I want you to know that's a booklet not about places. It's a booklet full of people in need of hearing exactly what you already know, the love of Jesus Christ. It's exactly what we just sang about. So when you look at the booklet, think about people. Maybe, maybe you have a real calling toward college students. You have a, you're just like, my peers, I really want to reach my peers. There's several projects in there that relate to that. One of them is Concrete Jungle. Maybe it would be pregnant teenagers. Lord, I want to reach them. I want them to know grace and mercy and love. Then look at auxiliary staff. Maybe it's a child in an orphanage. Check out mentoring orphans. Or maybe impoverished families. How do we help those that don't even have enough to eat? So why would they ever listen to the gospel if they don't even have enough to eat? Sustainable gardens. Maybe transgender youth. Who shows love to transgender youth? Urban rescuers or refugees that have come to this country and they're experiencing something very different than they expected. Refugee discipleship intern is an opportunity to do just that. So you find who are the people that God has called me to, to, to go to. And then you use your talents and your gifts and your majors and your abilities. Not only has he given you the Holy Spirit, he has knit you together in your mother's womb for a particular purpose, and he's already given you those abilities and gifts and even your major that could be used in the kingdom. We have anybody here that loves sports? All right, we got some really great sports opportunities. One of them, uh, Camp Courageous Sports Coordinator. Anybody here love coffee? Do we have any coffee enthusiasts? I'm sure we have. Coffee enthusiasts that are business majors? Oh, yeah. Well, we got a couple in there. Epic Internship, and there's also one called One Cup of Coffee, where you actually use your love of coffee, which college students are doing all the time, and you're using that love for coffee in a setting for the gospel in your business major. Do we have any pre-med nursing majors? Well, if we had any, there's some great opportunities, um, like the mobile medical clinics. Anybody here like to bake? Did you know that you can use baking for missions? Check out the um, One Life, One Brothel project, where we use working in a bakery to reach, to reach women that are trafficked. Do we have any backpackers? We got some backpackers. Backpacking outreach. You can actually use backpacking as the way you go through this particular country and share the gospel with people your own age. Social work majors, sociology majors, 
Counseling majors, oh my gosh, there's so many opportunities. One of them is summer activities interns. So there's multiple ways that you can use the very thing that God has already given you to answer the call that he's already given you to go to the people he's already laid on your heart or he will lay on your heart. When Tim began the application process, I don't know that he automatically thought, I want to reach sports guys in Zambia. Never. <laughs> Did you know where Zambia was? It didn't even know it existed. So you see how it's not about place, it's about people? But God used the very things that make Tim who he is to take him that place to do that particular ministry and to share the gospel with those particular people. So how does it work? I think the first thing you have to do is go ahead and put your yes on the table. Go ahead and recognize that, that Scripture is truth and this is from God and the calling has been given and say, Jesus, here's my yes. I give it to you. You have said that I'm to be sent to the nations. I'm to be a witness. I'm to live for you. Now, would you reveal to me how, where, when, what? And go now might be the way that you're supposed to live that out this year. But say yes and put it on the table and it's yours. And then tonight, you're going to have an opportunity to look at the Go Now booklet and you begin to look in there and say, okay, God, reveal to me, what, what are some people that I could reach? What are gifts or abilities or major that you could use for this particular way? And let's see what begins to come to the surface and how God works in your life. And then you begin the process and you communicate with the staff that I want to take the next step to apply to be a Go Now missionary. You do the online application, you'll be interviewed here the staff here is going to walk with you every step of the way as you're trying to discern what God has for you and the direction he wants you to go. As you move forward, you'll come to Discovery Weekend in February. We call it Discovery Weekend because we're trying to discover what does God have next for you. We worship together and we, we take a spiritual gifts test so we better understand ourselves. So we do Bible study together and we have a missions fair where you get to meet the people that are, that are receiving the missionaries. And you begin again, you take another step, another step, another step of obedience to, to follow the calling that you've already received. And then you begin the process of being prepared and we help you in that preparation. So why do we go? Because we've been sent. Why have we been sent? Because we have a loving God that loved us enough to send us Jesus and loves us enough that we get to be part of it to be sent to share that love with other people. That's what we're about, and that's what Go Now is all about. So... What will you do with the calling that is already?